everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of The Fight With Our Feelings. And this episode um, is going to be kind of different. I don't know if that's just me overanalyzing it already. Oh my god, we're 10 seconds in. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a little bit different than some of the ones I've done so far. Uh, and the reason for that is I, I pulled some of you guys on my social media accounts to see if it would be helpful to have... Um, almost some sort of check-in. I had it in my mind that it would be useful at this point when I've kind of brought forward a lot of concepts and I feel like I've talked at people a lot um, to kind of give a, a brief pause in the knowledge and the information sputtering, I guess, that I'm throwing out there um, and actually kind of take what has already been talked about and put it into practice in terms of how we can check in with ourselves. Um, so along with this episode, I'll put the link in the, I guess, bio or description of this episode. There is um, kind of a one-page worksheet that I made that goes along with what I'll be going through in this episode, but it's also something that you can save, download, um, and you can use it as a check-in for yourself, whether you want to um, like actually kind of write or type onto the sheet itself, or if you just want to use it as a visual reference or something to kind of prompt journaling or thoughts or anything like that. Um, regardless, that'll be posted in the link description of this episode. And to start us with um, the quote, I have this saved in my archives from, uh, from a couple years ago. And this one is from Brene Brown again. Uh, her book Rising Strong and it's this chapter or the section I guess of the book that she labeled the badassery deficit which I think is so funny so the section she says I know badassery is a strange term but I couldn't come up with another one that captures what I mean when I see people stand fully in their truth or when I see someone fall down get back up and say damn that really hurt but this is important to me and I'm going back in my gut reaction is what a badass. There are too many people today who, instead of feeling hurt, are acting out their hurt. Instead of acknowledging pain, they're inflicting pain on others. Rather than risking feeling disappointed, they're choosing to live disappointed. Emotion emotional stoicism is not badassery. Blustery posturing is not badassery. Swagger is not badassery. Perfection is about the furthest thing in the world from badassery. And I love that section of the book or that kind of short passage so much because I think it's talking about so many of these kind of micro situations where we do end up really fighting with ourselves and avoiding um, or trying to deny what, what might naturally come up, right? We don't want to feel hurt. So we act at our hurt and we do things and we act in ways that doesn't align with who we are, right? We don't want to acknowledge our pain and our suffering and so we might inflict it on others or we don't want to feel disappointed and that one that one stands out to me so hugely we don't want to feel disappointed so we end up living disappointed so in today's episode i'm kind of i have earring i have dangly earrings right now so i don't know i don't know if they're making noise um hopefully they're not but I, uh, for today's episode, I want to go through 
and talk about, I, I think I'm going to be a bit more of like a therapist in air quotes therapist in <laughs> this episode because I want to go through the the processes underlying acceptance and commitment therapy, which I think I've I've spoken about briefly. It's kind of the primary model that I use to underpin a lot of my work with people. Um, so within that, there are six kind of underlying processes that I'm going to go through. And then I'm going to talk about from each one uh, how how we can kind of form questions from that and use that as a as a check-in or as a formulation to see how we're doing and more than that to gauge if we are kind of engaged in this fight in this pushback in this denial of who we truly and authentically are Um, because usually the answers from these things or paying attention to these processes will tell us if we're doing things that don't align with our true selves so and this is where i think the the worksheet that i made really helps because um there's a visual for these six processes and it's actually represented in a few different ways there's uh there's one kind of really famous image within this model and i'll call it just act for short acceptance and commitment therapy um but there is an image out there that's like a hexagon it shows kind of all six of these and what it looks like on kind of the 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 good and bad side um, or the flexible and inflexible side but the image that I used in this worksheet and I'm going to talk about here um, it actually puts these six things into a triangle and each point of the triangle kind of wraps it up into what the what the theme of those processes are so first one is be present second one is open up and the third is do what matters and essentially these kind of three points with the with their related processes make up this ability to be flexible to be accepting and compassionate towards ourselves to do things that line up with who we are and that's really what this is all about right sometimes i i'm kind of preparing for <laughs> these podcasts or i'm i'm putting out posts and i'm like you know do people really understand the point in in acknowledging or assessing if we are fighting with ourselves you know do they realize why that's important because it's not just about stopping the fight but it's because that fight and that pushback and that denial pulls us away from our true selves so let's get into it um i, feel, I still feel so weird just talking to myself i'm sitting in a different room than i usually do to record this and I don't know. I'm just, I'm talking to the wall. It's really strange. <laughs> but anyways, the the first one, the first kind of point of that triangle that we'll talk through is be present. And so this um, point is kind of made up of the two processes. One is contact to the present moment and one is self as context. And so I'm, I'm a little ner- nervous that I'm going to be going through these too quickly. So um as an attempt to counter that, I may go through them too slowly, but regardless, I'm going to go through each one um, as briefly as I can, but as effectively as I can so that people can walk away from this episode with a solid understanding of, okay, how do I check in with myself? What things can I look at to see if that fight's going on? So contact with the present moment is pretty simply if you are present or not. And this would involve 
and being aware of and in tune with your internal and external experiences. So if I am present, I'm going to be aware of the things that I can see and hear and feel around me. And I'm also going to be a bit more aware of how I'm feeling in that moment. You know, if, if there's any thoughts or ideas bouncing around or if there are sensations going on in my body that, you know, grab my attention. If I'm present, then I'm going to be able to notice all of those things. And so right now I, for me, I can, you know, hear there's like this kind of dull, almost sounds like yelling or like a marching band <laughs> sound outside. Um, and, you know, I can see kind of the light filtering in through the shades in this room and I can feel some um, tightness and some pain in my ankle and my elbow and um, right now my thoughts are kind of harder to capture I guess because I'm trying to talk and do a live stream so that's a bit harder to notice but I feel excited I feel a bit giddy I always kind of do when I do these recordings but those are things that I can notice when I'm present and for me you know a, a big part of being present is having some point in my day every single day to try and be mindful where like I'm devoting time to just purely notice things on the contrary if I'm not present if I don't have that contact with the present moment then I'm gonna have a really hard time identifying things that I can sense internally right usually you know when most people come into the session room or just when I'm talking to people in general it's usually pretty easy to divert your attention externally right if I were to you know, ask you what things you can see around you or hear around you you'd probably be able to pretty quickly connect with that and the struggle that I see more often than not is in that internal awareness that's when people you know come in and sit down and I ask them how they're feeling or I ask them what's coming up at the start of the session and they they may not be able to to name anything that's going on and not being able to name I just want to make this note as kind of a side note not being able to name emotions isn't isn't a sign that you're not present as well because a lot of us don't have we're really not taught to have like a strong emotional vocabulary and that's why sometimes I'll ask people to even you know describe the the color that they're feeling or you know, if there's if there's some other like visual representation that they can point to that would be easier to describe than than words if they don't have them. But there's something to be said if you know if someone asks you how you are, or if you ask yourself, you know, how am I doing? And it's hard to connect to anything. It's hard to land on any any feelings, any thoughts, any physical sensations. That is a pretty clear sign that, that you are disconnected from the present. And so to pull yourself in to actually connect with this present right now moment, you can ask yourself and, and just sit, and it might take a little while if this isn't something that you're used to, but just sit and kind of ask those questions. What thoughts are going through my mind? What emotions do I feel? what sensations are going on in my body. And again, if this feels really foreign, then you can always start with the external. Right? You can start with, okay, what things do I see or hear or feel right now? 
or even smell or taste. But those are, you know, the, the challenge with not being in the present moment. That process in and of itself isn't necessarily a fight. You know, we're not, we're not denying our experience, but it's kind of like living in this kind of autopilot state. We're, we're living in somewhere other than right now. You know, that's usually when we're kind of fixated on past or present or sorry, past or future. And when we're doing that, we're not giving ourselves the credit and the attention that we deserve in the right now. And more than that, if some, if some of you are like, well, I don't care. Why would I care about that? If we're around other people or other things or we're doing things that matter, then we are also not giving them the attention that they deserve in this moment. So contact with the present moment, that's one process within this kind of overhead of being present. And then the second one is self as context. And this is kind of a confusing concept. So I'm going to try and prevent myself from nerding out around it because it's also really, really amazingly cool. But I'll, I'll talk about the kind of flip side of it first. I'll talk about the the signs that we're being inflexible, that we are fighting. Because um, that opposite process is called self as concept, which is essentially that we we have this kind of fixated, stagnant view of who we are and who we're supposed to be. Right? And so a lot of times things that I hear from people are that, you know, I am nice, I am polite, I am kind, I am generous, I am giving, I'm a helper. You know, and so people that describe themselves that way and have this kind of conceptualized view of who they are never want to stray from that, right? Or, um, you know, kind of another typical pattern or, or thing that might come up is people who um, think that they are just these awful people. You know, they may say, I'm, I'm selfish, I'm cold, I'm, um, I'm unkind, I am, you know, well, this, this kind of turns into a wider range of things, but, you know, really just a bunch of shitty stuff. Like I'm a failure. I'm a screw up. I'm a mistake. I'm whatever. But regardless, regardless of what the, what the pattern is or what labels we attribute, if we have this very, this very kind of finite, definitive idea of who we are, almost like there's this kind of statue of us. So imagine that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the statue of Caitlin and Caitlin has to be this and Caitlin will always do this and will never do this. That really constrains me in day-to-day life. And the reason, like how it relates to being present is that it's going to create this, this greater fixation on things that I've done in the past. Maybe these are, you know, air quote, mistakes or things that didn't align with this concept of who I should be, um, or fear about you know messing up in the future and not doing those things. So if my self-image is that I'm this super kind, helpful, generous person, then and you know let's say I have a situation coming up where someone asked me to help them move, you know this this conceptualized self would say, well. Keelan, you're a happy, generous person. You got to help them move. You you absolutely have to, no matter what. 
And then I'm going to spend a lot of time fixating on the future because what if I don't want to move? You know, what, what if I, I have my own stuff to do or I'm too exhausted? It's not giving me the flexibility to be present and actually listen to my needs, my wants, my feelings, my thoughts around it. And so the opposite of that, the self as context that I initially mentioned as this second process of being present is understanding that the self is not any one stagnant, definitive, you know, picture or image or thing. The self is flexible and the self will kind of do whatever it needs to do and whatever feels right to do in any given context. And so the idea behind this, you know, from there, there are a lot of theories out there about like the self and what that means. And I, I usually kind of bring it back to being like your true authentic self, being genuine, kind of listening to your gut. I refer to those phrases a lot. Um, but what it means from, from this theory and this understanding is that your, I guess, yeah, your, your self-image, like who you are, is dependent on what context you're in. And what that allows you to do is to not have these rules and these fears about messing up or these fears about already having messed up. You are able to be present in this current situation. Okay, so that's being present. Oh man, I'm already so much further into this than I thought. Okay, we're gonna go through the rest quicker-ish. Um, the second part, the second point of that triangle is open up. And so uh, what, what's cool about these processes is that like you can kind of bounce back and forth between them. And it's not like there's a, a one through six, you know, steps that you have to follow. It's not like you need to do one before the other. Um, it's not like if you focus on one, you're neglecting all the others. They all kind of happen in tandem with each other and opening up the two processes that come along with it are diffusion, which I don't know if I've talked about on the podcast, um, but if not, whatever, that's fine. Um, and then also acceptance. So acceptance, I, I know that I have talked about, and so I'll, I'll talk with that first. The, the opposite process of acceptance, kind of that, ugh, I don't like that I'm using these words, but that bad side is the avoidance right? That's the pushing away. That's the, you know, denying. So if, if I have feelings of upset that come up, the opposite of acceptance would be, nope, I don't need to be upset right now. I'm just overreacting. There's no need to be upset. Like figure it out, push through it or, you know, block it out. Whereas acceptance is, okay, I'm upset. I'm going to kind of make some space for it. I'm going to allow myself to be upset. I know that I want to judge it, but I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's a visitor, but it's something that won't last forever. Um, and I'm allowed to feel this way. What, how that allows us to open up is I'm, I'm going to kind of bring it back to this idea of like protection and shielding and fighting when we're doing that opposite and we're denying that we feel upset we are kind of lit, almost literally like imagining yourself, you know, crossing your arms and, and blocking 
anything to come in, right? Anything to come up. Acceptance is, because it's that softer, gentler, more compassionate and understanding perspective that we take towards our feelings or our thoughts or whatever it is, it is like we are uncrossing those arms, right? We're, we're putting that shield down because we know that this thing is temporary, this feeling, this thought, the sensation, and that I can allow myself to feel it. It doesn't define me. It doesn't change anything about who I am. That comes back to that self as context idea. But I can accept this feeling. I can accept this thing that's coming up and be open towards it. And, you know, this is another point about where they kind of all work in tandem when we are accepting. And so we're noticing these feelings and we're allowing them to be there. We also end up being that much more present just to connect it to the the previous kind of point on the triangle. The second process within opening up is diffusion. And so this is essentially our way to, to unhook ourselves from the things that come up, from those internal experiences, the thoughts, the feelings, the physical sensations. So I'm going to give an extreme example of the opposite, which would be um, a panic attack. And panic attacks like I've had, I've had many in my life. Um, And a panic attack is, you know, when there's this surge of anxiety that comes on and it may feel unfounded. There may not be a clear indication or reason why this is happening, but suddenly all of the physical sensations around it become really, really intense. So for me, I know that I feel this like tingling all the way through my arms and legs. My breathing gets extremely heavy because I also have asthma. So then my my chest feels extremely tight. feels like I can't breathe at all. Um, my eyes usually start to tear up and the anxiety or panic that I start to feel is, it seems really extremely intense. So much so that It is all I can think about, all that my attention is drawn towards. And so, you know, there could be like a parade happening on the street in front of me. And if I'm in a panic attack, it's almost like I don't notice any of that. I'm completely hooked and kind of submerged by these feelings and physical sensations. Oh my gosh, my throat just got super hoarse. Okay, well, this is going to be my voice for the rest of it. Um... So diffusion is that unhooking. And I do this a lot um, with clients and with myself. I do it often with visuals or with writing. And so it's kind of, I wish that I was video recording this right now. But so, you know, picture or imagine that whatever this feeling is, let's just just take the feeling of panic almost imagining that it has like some physical, it's like a tangible thing, right? And so for me, it would, I would usually feel that emotion heavily in my chest. And so it's almost like imagining that you're taking your hands and grabbing that emotion, that feeling, that thing that has you so hooked, and you are grabbing it and, you know, taking it outside of yourself. And that's not in a way to disconnect from it or dissociate from it but you are taking it out to kind of see that, okay, I can have some 
some distance between myself and this thing, right? As soon as something becomes physical or tactile or tangible, we can look at it from afar and it doesn't feel quite as threatening. And that's a, it's a harder process to do than to talk about. And I think I might devote like a full episode to um, the ways that we can diffuse from these experiences that come up. But what happens again when we take this, this, this feeling, this thought, the sensation that we are so hooked by and we put it out in front of us is again, it's that opening of our arms, opening and softening of our body and of this kind of guard that we've put up, this shielding that we've put up. Because once we've diffused from it and put it out in front of us, then it is no longer as big of a threat. The final point on this triangle and and the last two processes that come along with it is do what matters. And the processes um, that are within that are values and committed action. So values is is quite simple. I don't really think that there is much of, um, there isn't really like an opposite of values. But when we talk about it in terms of processes and when I when I work with my clients or with myself and I'm, you know, trying to kind of gauge where they're at uh, on this point of the triangle, I look at values in terms of how close or how far away they are from those things. So values like for me, oh, I really need to pay attention to what I've said in previous episodes. I hope I'm not repeating myself. My values are uh, genuineness, purpose, passion, growth, There's a few others on there. Um, those are some of my like tip top important. I think those are like top five or top four, however many I just said. But so values is thinking about, okay, what are the things that actually matter to me? You know, can I, can I name them? Do I know what they are? And when we think about this as a, as a process, it's determining, okay, am I doing things that are, sorry, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) This process is kind of saying, okay, in this moment in time, and, and again, this is where the flexibility comes in of, okay, we're being present, we have to be open to really be vulnerable enough to ask ourselves these questions. But in this moment in time, Do I feel like I am making contact with those values, that I'm close to those values, or do I feel like they're very far away? And so for me, in this exact moment, I would ask, okay, am I I close to genuineness? And in this podcast recording, I am. I I didn't make any notes for this. I just have my worksheet up (laughs) beside the recording thing. Um, So it's very, very genuine. It's probably a bit sloppy for that reason, but, you know, that's also me. Uh, So... I feel very much in contact with genuineness. And I won't go through each of my values, but that's how that can be shown as a process. And then the second piece is committed action. So the opposite of this, um, of having committed action and you know being committed to those values would be things like acting impulsively or feeling frozen or stuck. When we're in those places, we are usually quite paralyzed by the fear or by the 
the possible disappointment or by all these rules and ideas about, you know, what we should or shouldn't do. And this, I think, is is partially why that Brene Brown quote stood out to me, because, you know, she says, when someone, when someone falls and they experience this, like, heavy, embarrassing, painful fall, and then they say, you know what? No, this is important to me. I'm getting right back up. That is kind of the epitome of committed action. Because to do anything that matters to us, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. It's it, There's going to be points that are uncomfortable about it. Like even for me doing these recordings, I feel so uncomfortable every single time because it's always like, ugh, am I saying things that I shouldn't? Am I you know, all these thoughts kind of come up about, am I being professional enough or am I being, uh, I don't know, other things. <laughs> that That's probably the main one that comes up. But I'm doing my best to be genuine. And this is, you know, rather than trying to think about what's right or what's, what's wrong, I am doing what brings me in line with my values. I'm doing what matters. And so those are kind of the questions that you can ask about, okay, am I, am I acting impulsively or am I avoiding things that I need to do or want to do? And if yes, how can I do something that brings me closer to those values? So those are the three points of the triangle. Be present, open up, do what matters, and each of the processes within. And those can give you even if you don't use all of them, those can give you some brief insight as to how to check in with yourself, how to see if you are kind of fighting against or avoiding what you, your kind of true authentic self wants, and how to align yourself more with that true authentic self. So that's the episode, and I'll catch you guys next week.